Yeah. They calling me controversial. I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. They're indoctrinating kids with lies. It's just evil in disguise. They say that it's love, but they lie. They say that they're girls, but they're guys. Or they say they have no gender. From guy sports to girls, where they're winners. From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle. Where's Master Splinter? They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. Jesus was controversial. Paul was controversial. Elijah was controversial. Yeah, telling the truth is controversial. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. We have some breaking news with our great sponsor, Satellite Phone Store. They're going in the hard-hit areas of Florida, providing free satellite Wi-Fi to call text, allows up to 250 people to connect. We're going to get into this here with founder Chris Orr on Satellite Phone Store. Everybody visit sat123.com. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Matt. Glad to hear you're safe over there. Yeah, we're doing good. Just a little bit of debris down south was the bigger problem, and I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Like I said, um, Satellite Phone Store has individuals going out there to these areas to provide the Wi-Fi, and you guys have been everywhere in the hardest hit areas, and there's no password needed to connect, and people can get a hold of loved ones since cell towers are impacted. And there's an address here, um, 14380 Tamiami uh, Trail, Northport, 34287. So, Chris, thanks for doing all you're doing for the people down there. Oh, yeah, no, it's our pleasure, mate. I mean, listen, you know, it's a terrible situation, obviously. We've got a lot of people who've lost their homes. They've lost loved ones. They've lost, you know, everything. And uh, so, look, it's, uh, I mean, we're in a position to help, you know, and uh, we, we're trying to help wherever we can. No, that's good. And, um the stores and everything, everything's doing fine with um, getting people out there. They're not getting any resistance. No, I mean, we, you know, we've been in this situation before, of course. And uh, so we have a lot of customers who already had our equipment. Uh, we've had others who needed more equipment. Um, and uh, we're just trying to, you know, get as much equipment out there on the ground uh, to everyone possible from, you know, the emergency services, first responders, uh, FEMA, what have you, you know, we're everywhere we need to be and everywhere we can be. We're, uh, we're on this 24 hours a day, mate. A lot of people are sending in thank yous and it's really great to see. And, uh, you know, this is something we've been talking about every single week, Chris, that when natural disasters or, towers go down anything like this the only way you can connect with loved ones at that point is a satellite phone uh and from satellite phone store when you combine the bivy and satellite phone it's the best preparedness you have to keep in contact with loved ones yeah and look and we're really i'm glad that uh, so many people have taken us up on the office of the free phones and everything that we've been doing this year um and uh, you know i think uh, a lot of people's lives have been uh, definitely helped and and certainly a lot of lives have been saved because they had this equipment but you're absolutely right Matt. listen i mean you know this uh ian has come and gone and the effects will be here for a long long time uh but uh, you never know when the next one's coming down the pipe unfortunately and so you know everyone who was prepared who listened to you and uh, got their equipment uh, was in really good shape. They were able to communicate when others couldn't and can't. And look, it's going to be a long time before you see full service restored across uh, South Florida. Um, and, you know, we still, believe it or not, uh, in New Orleans, there are still areas that have not had service restored from Katrina. And, and now we're going back a long, long time. You know, so hopefully things will be restored fully and quickly in South Florida. I know everyone, uh, the governor and everyone is doing everything they can. And we're very grateful for everyone who's who's helping out. Um, we're just trying to do our part. But look, I mean, unfortunately, this doesn't mark the end of of disasters, sadly. And, uh, you, you know, if you weren't prepared last time, be prepared now. And if you're not in South Florida, don't think it can't happen where you are. These disasters sadly happen all over the world. You never know when, and you know, never know why. But uh, if you're prepared, you're going to be in a lot better shape. We're talking not just hurricanes, but tornadoes around the country. If you're listening in New York, Atlanta, wherever you're listening, there's problems everywhere, and you got to be prepared. We got some great um, October promotions with Satellite Phone Store. Um, Chris, you mentioned the free phone for the free ISAT two phone. Tell us what that phone is real quick before we get into the promotion. 
Yeah, the iSET 2, I mean, listen, it's a great phone. It works anywhere on earth. It allows you to send and receive uh, text messages, make and receive calls uh, from anywhere to anywhere. So, look, I mean, if you're on Sanibel Island, for example, you're going to be able to make and receive calls right now. Um, anywhere that is where service has been wiped out, the iSat 2 phone is going to enable you to connect. And uh, it's certainly already on the ground there. there are, we have thousands of phones uh, being used by uh, individuals uh, and by the first responders and emergency services. And this is the only reason they're able to start rebuilding and start clearing up the debris, you know, is because they have communications. So you do not want to be without them. And we're very glad to have the free sat phone back uh, with the ISAT phone too right now. Uh, because we, as you know, we've been out a lot of this year because, uh, supply, you know, demand has been so incredible. Yeah, this is, um, I know that you guys are excited to have this promotion back. It couldn't be at a better time. These are pre-order, so you got to visit sat123.com. Um, what, what's going to happen? Inventory is uh, coming in. They're going to start making, you guys are going to start making shipments at the end of October. And this is important to note. This is while supplies last, while inventory lasts, because this promotion for a free phone, of course, is going to blow up. And right now, when so many people need it here in Florida, this is going to be a great benefit to them. But it, yes, Chris, it's while supplies last. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a thousand phones and that sounds like a lot, Matt. But the way our phone's ringing, uh, <laughs> that uh, waiting list is already filling up quickly. So, you know, it, whilst we have that promotion right now, uh, tomorrow, I don't know. We might be sold out. We're not going to sell any more phones than we're getting. We don't want to let anyone down, of course. So, uh, you know, give us a call today, 941-841-0844, and make sure to tell them that Matt sent you because some of those proceeds will come back to help support this great show um, or just go online at sat123.com. Yeah, sat123.com is the way to go. We talked a lot about um, natural disasters, but there's uh, rural places with lack of in infrastructure. We want to be clear that no matter where you are, if you're in a small town with no signal, satellite phones work everywhere. Yes, they do, mate. You're absolutely right. From the Middle East uh, to East Denver, you know, they work wherever you are. Uh, we've got people all over the world in the middle of the ocean, the middle of the desert, the top of mountains. They're using our phones today right now. And uh, so, yeah, they will work anywhere. But no, these disasters keep coming. It's uh, it's really sad. But listen, the the only thing that you can control is how prepared you are, whether it's a bivy uh, that allows you to send unlimited text messages in and out for just 55 bucks a month or a nice iPhone 2 right now. It's a pre-order. It's a free phone and just 99 bucks a month after that. And that's a one-year contract, I believe. So, um, But look, if you're not prepared, you're going to be absolutely out of luck. And we don't want to see that. You know, we're, we're so grateful for all the people who've called us to thank us for for, uh, you know, the equipment saving their lives and or enabling them to get to safety and uh, enabling them to connect with their loved ones. Because when you lose communications with power, Matt, you know, your first worry is with, with your family and those you love and your friends and uh, not knowing is a terrible thing. And uh, we, you know, peace of mind is, I don't know, to me, it's worth a hundred bucks a month. I don't know about you, Matt. <laughs> no, absolutely. Whether you're hiking, whether you're camping, traveling, or you're stuck in a disaster like those people you guys are helping down there, the first thing you think of is, I'd really love to get a hold of a loved one right now. And I bet those thank yous are just phenomenal. I bet you're hearing some great stories. We really are, you know, and we're seeing them all over TV as well. You know, what's been going on. We see stories of people who couldn't get uh, in communication and the distress that that caused them and the lives that that cost. So, this is all preventable now, thanks to this technology. We want to make sure everyone um, out there can get it. And, you know, look, this is not just for rich people. You know, we I mean, if you think of the things that you spend three bucks a day on, uh, I mean, like <clears throat> my coffee costs twice that, you know. So yeah. it's like that we try to make this equipment affordable to anyone and everyone because everyone deserves to be able to stay safe. Well, everyone does. And once again, we want to encourage everybody uh, out there to go to sat123.com. If you're having trouble getting hold of somebody down there, make sure you get away, get a message out there somehow to get them over to sat123.com. Get that free phone. But also, if you're in Florida, head over to Northport and uh, they'll get you fixed up there too. So it's cool that you guys are out in the field. We really appreciate everything you do. Um, Chris, and uh, I know so many people are grateful that 
they had this before the storm even hit. Well, that's right. And we're, we're grateful they listen to you. We're grateful for people like you, Matt, who help us get the uh, get the word out about this equipment because not everyone knows about it. But look, it is saving lives. It has saved lives and it will continue to save lives and it can save your life, too. You know, for, again, ninety nine dollars a month. You know, it is really not a big price to pay. You know, this is life insurance. that will save your life, not pay you when you're gone. And uh, I think that's uh, what we need to focus on right now. Yeah, that's a great deal. It's it's one of the best deals you can get. It includes minutes uh, per month. It's great. And um, for such an affordable price, too, and you get the free phone with it. It's an, it's an amazing deal for the phone and the service. You guys check it out right there, sat123.com. Chris Hort, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Keep up the great work, and everybody check it out, sat123.com. Hey, Matt Buff from The Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution, maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out, satellitephonestore.com. Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new Bivy Stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. About half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatellitePhoneStore.com for special offers. Or you can visit SAT1234.com and mention The Buff Show. 941-841-0844. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour, then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show, get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show, and every week we do a cool segment with a chapter chair from Moms for Liberty. All over the country we go, and we're heading to North Carolina. Stay with us here. Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? It is possible that uh, an organization like Moms for Liberty could have an impact on the midterm elections um, and maybe even going into 2024, particularly because uh, it is encapsulating in a very important uh, demographic in the electorate, which, you know, are, are women and mothers. Mother, should I trust the government? So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, Our mission is to hold school boards accountable for decisions affecting our children. What was once a scattershot operation is becoming much more organized. One example is the group Moms for Liberty. According to its website, the group, quote, welcomes all that have a desire to stand up for parental rights at all levels of government. Now, it started in Brevard County, Florida, but its chapters have spread nationwide. All right, let's welcome Brooke Weiss, chapter chair for Mecklenburg County, North Carolina. Brooke, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, it's really cool to have you and everyone else for Moms for Liberty. We we encourage everybody to check out momsforliberty.org for all kinds of resources and information. We are getting so close to this election, Brooke. How's it looking for you guys in your county for the school boards? We're hoping to turn some seats in our in our district for sure. We have um, a, a school board that has 
not really giving parents a voice, uh, not really just kind of brushed us off to the side. So we're hoping to get some candidates in that are at least willing to give us a seat at the education table. Well, that's great to hear. And you personally have been very involved when it comes to books in schools. Tell us about why you got involved with Moms for Liberty and some of your projects. So I got started um, in April, March of 2021. Mecklenburg was one of the original 12 chapters. And I got involved because I was upset about a question my daughter was asked on an assessment. It was a Holocaust minimizing question. And what bothered me maybe even more than the question was the fact that it took me three weeks to be able to view the rest of the examination. And I became acutely aware of the lack of transparency. So that's what began my journey and how I hooked up with the two co-founders and started the chapter. Last year, my daughter who was a ninth grade student was assigned a book in her English language arts class that contained very sexually explicit passages of rape. And at the beginning of the school year, I was able to get a list of the books that were going to be read and read the book ahead of time. And I requested that my daughter be given an alternate assignment. When other parents became aware of the book and were upset, we kind of led the charge to ask for an option for parents. And after a lot of news coverage and outrage from parents, the, the school district did offer an alternative and um, all of the high school principals decided to use the new book. Um, but it's been an ongoing, um, an ongoing issue. The more we dig in, the more that we find. There are certainly many, many, many examples of age inappropriate material in the libraries. But very recently, in the past two weeks, we had a really upsetting situation where a seventh grader in a middle school here got a hold of a book called This Book is Gay in his classroom. He took a couple of pictures of the contents of the book and sent it to his mother. And I, I can't even tell you what was on these pages because you wouldn't be able to air, to air this segment. Oh, if, my goodness. If, if I did, that's how, that's how bad it was. And we contacted the school and the school and the superintendent confirmed that was not material that was supposed to be in the classroom. And there's an investigation going on with the teacher right now, but it was very shocking. And I find that many parents across the country are still either completely unaware or they believe that it's happening somewhere else. You know, maybe that's happening in Chicago or Portland or Seattle, but it's not happening. It's not happening here in my in my kids' school. And so we've just been very diligently trying to point out that it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and you have a fundamental right as a parent to decide what kind of content and material that your your children are exposed to. We're accused of being book banners a lot. And I, I really push back against that idea because we're defenders of the First Amendment, strong believers in free speech, and that people should be able to say and write and um, comment however they want to. But there's a difference between that and insisting that your children are not exposed to material that could be damaging to them. So we're not even really asking that these books be removed from the library. What we're pushing for is a review system and a rating system. Music, uh, videos, uh, movies, the, those type of media are all rated and it's just time that we, that we rate books as well. And we're asking for a system that rates books and that certain ratings are restricted, that parents would have to opt into a system that allows their children to, to view material like that. Yeah, that's a good system. It's funny when liberals say, oh, you just are for banning books. Where where would they end? You know what I mean? What kind of books would they stop at? <laughs> you know what I mean? How disgusting does the book have to be before a leftist would say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have that in the library? That was my point, too, with this book is gay. Uh, the teacher's excuse was 
she never had student she never had the intention for students to access the material but my question is why did she bring it into the classroom in the first place she was absent and there was a substitute to me it's no less egregious than her bringing a hustler magazine into the classroom because if you go and access this book yourself, you will see that the content is no less graphic and explicit than something you might see in a magazine like that. So where do we draw the line? The other point that I like to make is uh, progressives and leftists, they're all for book banning themselves. The book that my daughter was supposed to read last year replaced To Kill a Mockingbird. There's been a push on the left to ban books like Dr. Seuss books, like um, you know Huckleberry Finn, like To Kill a Mockingbird. So when it suits their purposes, they're all for it. But when parents push back and it doesn't fit their narrative, then you know we're we're Fahrenheit 451 book burners. Yeah, that's just complete. That's beyond hypocrisy. That's just stupidity. I mean, you're talking about books they don't agree with maybe politically, but a children's book like Dr. Seuss, I mean, come on, I, I saw that. And I, I, I'm a <laughs> universal pass holder too. That universal place, uh, the uh, Dr. Seuss land and universal is not going anywhere. So the left can kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've also done some good work on CRT too. Talk about that. Well, I don't like to use that that word anymore because it's a politically uh it's, it's a politically charged term and as soon as you throw out crt you immediately get a, a firestorm so i like and most people to be honest have no idea what it means and so i like to just kind of try to explain to people that i don't believe that people should be placed into categories based on the color of their skin. I think that one person's experience as a member of a certain race doesn't automatically equal another person's experience as a member of the, the same race. Also really push back against the idea that every white person is a racist and that any white person or child should be placed in a category of oppressor. I don't want my children being punished or discriminated against based on things that generations and generations and generations ago did. And to be honest, it has nothing to do with my ancestors because my ancestors were immigrants too. Um, I push back against the whole idea. I believe in a person's inherent worth first as a human being, and we are all human beings, and then a person's character. So I don't like the whole idea of placing people in automatic categories. Yeah, no, we don't have to do that, but teaching kids to hate others based on their race is pretty wrong no matter where you are. We just need to teach kids to be kind again. <laughs> yeah. And learn the basics that we all learned in school when we were younger, not this other garbage. So that's, that's absolutely right. Most of us send our children to school to be academically educated. We don't send them to school for group counseling. And when the schools are failing at their primary mission of educating schools, of educating children, then they don't have any business dumping millions and millions and millions of dollars into programs like social emotional learning and culturally relevant teachings. That's my opinion. And there's no question that public education is failing totally across the board. So those are the things that I like to talk about. Here in Mecklenburg County, 5% of Hispanic third graders read proficiently. Wow. Uh, right. 7% of African-American third graders read proficiently and 85% of white children in third grade read proficiently. So the white kids are failing too. They're just failing a little bit better. And when those are the kind of statistics that your school district is pushing out, I don't think they should be doing anything other than focusing on literacy because literacy, literacy is equity. Literacy is literally 
a necessity. <laughs> there we go. Truly. You've and also there, formed some good relationships too there in Mecklenburg. Talk about that. I have. We've stepped outside of our comfort zone and are really willing to sit down with people that may not be politically in the same camp as we are, but we don't talk about issues like gun control or abortion or what's happening in Ukraine or, you know, all of the very divisive issues. We focus on education and we really focus on the failures of of the district, the ones that I just talked about, scores. Because I don't care what your political background is or what the color of your skin is. When you talk about those kind of numbers and literacy rates, it should be something that we can all unite on. And we've had some success here in, in Mecklenburg County doing that. We've formed a couple of alliances. One, for example, is with the African-American Faith Alliance. And unfortunately, instead of that partnership being celebrated, that organization has taken a lot of backlash for even being willing to sit in the same room as us. And that's really disappointing to me. But there are still some other courageous people and organizations that are able to put the false narrative that's being painted about Moms for Liberty aside and to sit at the table with us. We recently had a meeting that was crashed by some political cronies of one of the board members that we're campaigning very hard against. She was there out in the parking lot screaming that we're white supremacists and racists at the same time that the education chair for the local chapter of the NAACP was attending our meeting. So. After this happened, um, NPR was actually defending our organization, sort of. And I, I think when that happens, um, it doesn't fit their narrative, and and it it break it breaks down for them. It certainly does. Well, you keep up the great work. How's the chapter growing um, as we head into this election? Are more and more people joining you in yeah. the county? Yes, more and more people are becoming aware and it's through shows like this and and other times that people are willing to give us a voice that more and more parents become aware. We have uh, a Facebook reaching and a social media reaching of about 1,400 uh, people here locally. We have about 400 members. We have two membership levels and one is a is a free membership and one is a paid membership. So we're growing every day as more and more parents become aware and become involved. And that's kind of what Moms for Liberty is all about. You, you should have a voice as a parent. No, I completely agree. That's fantastic. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for joining us on the show and telling your story. You're putting up a great fight out there for the kids and they need it. You're not banning books. I love your rating system that you came up with. That's a very unique and a great opportunity that we've heard for the first time. So congratulations on that. And uh, they do it with movies. Why not do it with the books too? So Brooke, uh, thank you so much and keep up the great work. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Moms for Liberty. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up today. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coating services, laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollars discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at veritas tactical.com veritas tactical Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. Thursdays are busy. We got That's Debatable coming up. But at first, it's Freedom Foundation Thursday, and we got somebody new for you to meet. It's going to be awesome. Living is skyrocketing, and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. 
We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com. Freedom Foundation Thursday. Optouttoday.com is where you got to go, but we always bring crazy news that's happening during this segment too. But first, I want to introduce a new member of Freedom Foundation. She's the Washington State Outreach Director. You got your hand full with Seattle. Erin Voles <laughs> yeah. is on the show. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm Erin Voles. I'm the Freedom, I'm the Washington Outreach Director, and I'm just so excited to be here with you, Matt. Yes, indeed. Very good. And look who joined us too, Ashley Varner. What's up, Ash? Hi there, Matt. How are you? Oh, doing good. Good to see you. We were just introducing ourselves to Aaron. Oh, good, good. I'm so glad to have Aaron join the program. Tell us why Aaron was the best fit for Washington. I want to get your words, not Aaron's. <laughs> you know, honestly, I I did not know Aaron until we did the Elf tour last year. You remember I came on the program in my Elf hat. How could uh, we forget? That's that's how Aaron and I got to know each other. We did what? nine states Aaron in seven days or something crazy like that oh she, yeah it was it was a big ordeal it was it was so much fun we can talk more about it but um she throws herself into everything she does wholeheartedly Matt uh we were just talking about this a little bit ago I'm just I'm so impressed with her when she decides she wants to do something she studies it she dives into it she wants to understand it in and out and her passion that she brought to the Freedom Foundation was just exuberant. And so I, I think she was just a natural fit. I don't think they even considered anyone else for the position. Oh, that's great to hear, Aaron. So you have an interesting story to tell too about what led up to this. Yeah, well, you know, I was a hairdresser for 21 years. I owned a salon and my business was more or less destroyed by the COVID mandates here in Washington. Many of my clients were public workers. They worked for the state, they worked for the city, and they were healthcare workers. Well, when I was able to open my salon, they were stuck at home. They were not allowed to come in yet, and they didn't see the need to come see me when they were just hanging out at home in their sweatpants. Yeah, I like how you put it, too. Ashley, she's right. It's the COVID mandates. It's not COVID. It was the mandates that were the problem. And it cost you the business, right, Aaron? Yeah, it sure did. Uh, I was always busy for years and years and years. I had a full slate and to suddenly be without somebody in my chair was pretty devastating, I'd have to say. So how did you find the Freedom Foundation there after these mandates forced you to close and now you're trying to find something new were you panicked i mean how did you do this well you know i think that because of the shift in my work it gave me a lot of space to do some soul searching and i realized that i needed a change i had known about the freedom foundation for many years in fact when my husband ran for city council um, about 10 years ago, he was told to stay away from them politically because they were so conservative. And uh, trying to run for an office here in Olympia is very challenging. Uh, so I'd known about them. I had friends that worked with the Freedom Foundation and they told me that it was a great opportunity to put your, your name in the hat and try and get a, get a job here. So that's what I did. So you've always been a freedom fighter, like your shirt says. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I love fighting for, for conservative values, for freedom, for free enterprise. It's just what I've always been passionate about. So that's, you know, that's just it. Well, Can you too. sense her enthusiasm, Matt? She just loses <laughs> enthusiasm, everything she does. Yeah, you do. And that's fantastic. We're great to have you on the team. Where do you stand on Star Wars? Where do I stand on Star Wars, of all things? <laughs> just have to know. We'll move on from that, but I just have to know. No, that's fine. Um, so Star Wars, I I like the original Star Wars. And, you know, it's a little bit controversial. But when I was a kid, I, I really liked the, uh, oh, and I cannot remember off, off the top of my head what they're called, the Ewoks. The Ewoks, the Ewoks. yes. 
It was a great, yeah, I thought that was a great episode. That was a good episode. I'm sorry, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I right. love Ewoks Adventure as well. I, Matt, I warned Aaron that there might be some Star Wars talk. So well, oh, yes. It's mandatory. And this will get back to Tim Snowball about the Ewok thing. So um, <laughs> we'll have to get him together on the show to, to work that problem out. <laughs> Tim has many strong opinions, Aaron, about Star Wars. Well, so. yes, I've heard I've heard a few of them. Uh, just remember that the Ewoks were going to eat people. They do eat people, yes. The Muppets, they they <laughs> they find people tasty. Speaking of Muppets, the Muppet uh, down at Fraggle Rock in the White House press briefing room, Jean Pierre. Uh, talks about unions quite a bit and talks about how it's important for every teacher in the country to be under Randy Weigarden. Aaron, let me ask you your your, uh, your thoughts on this because you are in a more liberal area of the state with uh, uh, Olympia. Talk about how the teachers are responding to your outreach efforts. Well, you know, I'm just getting started. I recently sent a very edgy piece out about the, the politicization politicization of social issues amongst teachers. Uh, unions are trying to force them to teach things that are unsavory in the classroom. And I think that teachers are finally coming to realize that that they don't want to be pawns anymore. They, they want to just teach the basics, but they're afraid. They're told over and over and over again that they need these teachers unions to protect them when we all know and we're trying to tell them that there's alternatives and you don't need to fall back on these these woke unions that are making your job much more difficult. This goes right into the story, Ashley, that I wanted to talk with you both about. There's two of them, but the first one about the shocking price tag of Biden's 2023 fiscal budget, $468 million for a, and I like how they put it in quotes on foxnews.com, uh, community schools program it's racial teaching, it's gender studies, it's absolutely what they want to do with the changes to Title IX. They want this to be for, uh, controlled by the teachers' union and distributed to the schools so that everyone's affected with liberalism. Well, they're seeing what's happened across the country. And I, again, I'm in Virginia. Uh, Loudoun County was the epicenter of parents going to school boards and saying that they did not want this critical race theory garbage foisted upon their children, really turning Dr. Martin Luther King upside down and teaching kids to judge people not by the content of the character, but by the color of their skin. And parents don't want this. Parents across the races, they do not want their, their kids to either be taught that they have generational guilt because of something that happened that they never had anything to do with, or that they will forever be victims in a society they can't break out of. Um, no parent wants this for their child. And so they've started revolting. They've started voting. They've started running for school boards. They have taken over many school boards across the country. Even San Francisco, they ousted three of their school board members. So the unions see that they're losing on this in the court of public opinion. What are they going to do? They're going to call their friend Joe Biden, who promised on the campaign trail he was going to be the most pro-union president in this country's history. That is one promise he has excelled at. And so now they are going to force every school district across the country, whether the parents like it or not, whether the school boards have been taken over or not, they're going to say, nope, this is what we're doing. They're mandatory. They're making it mandatory federally. Aaron, my kids have to deal with this garbage too. This is trickling down everywhere at a fast rate. The fad of gender studies and transgenderism and critical race theory has been successful. Ashley's right. That is one thing Biden has completed. Everything else has been a failure, but this one he did succeed at, and it's bad for the country. We've seen videos of people that have cut off certain body parts, male and female, and now are living with that decision in deep, despair and regret. There's videos everywhere. They're mutilating children. My son said a boy showed up the other day dressed as a girl just out of the blue. And you you have to, you're supposed to accept it. You're the only thing punishable is your reaction. This is getting out of control. I'm sure you're seeing that in your community. And that's why teachers are saying, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge problem. You know, they're told that 
you, if you push this idea on these children that it's going to make their lives easier when all it does is it just gives it opens them up for more problems in the future that they they can't see now because their minds are still young and developing. But as they grow older, it could just cause so much damage in the future. Ashley, ask Maxford Nelson at Freedom Foundation about this question offline. OK, um, he has the numbers. You're talking about 40, 483 billion for this program. Max has the numbers on how much unspent COVID cash the same unions have. And I bet it's near the same. We need to find out if they're hoarding this money or what they're doing with it and see if he can do a report on both. And then really, I, the numbers are going to be shocking when yeah. people see this. That's a very good question. I will go back to Max and uh, we'll have to have him back on. It's been a few weeks, so we'll have to have him back on the show to break down these numbers with you, Matt. But let's remember when, when we say taxpayer dollars, when we say federal money, that's your money. It's my money. We're paying for this garbage that we disagree with and we're being forced to pay for it because the unions want ultimate control and they're not willing to let parents control their own children's education. No, they're not. Aaron, you got a big task ahead of you, but it's going to be fun. And oh, it will. Rewarding. You're actually helping people. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I did it for many years, helping people look good. And now I get to ha help people save money and feel good about it. Your Freedom Foundation put out an article on Red State. Red State picked it up. It's called Teachers, You Can Stop Funding This Garbage in Schools. This is just exactly what we have to talk to these teachers about. This, this is absolutely insane. The sex education for five-year-olds. We'll just start with that one. Aaron, do you have children? Um, I have two grown stepsons, believe it or not. And they, they got out of school. They graduated from high school just before all of this stuff really started um, gaining ground. I um, have friends, many friends with children in school. A lot of them have pulled their children out of school, especially post-COVID. Um, this, this story really hits close to home because my, my, I have family there in Hilliard. My stepmother lives like less than a mile from that high school. My brother went there for a short period of time. That is a community that I am well aware of and I know the values there and they do not line up with that trash. No, they don't. Ashley, my youngest is a sixth grader. We're in for a world of hurt if we lose this election. I know we don't talk about elections with the Freedom Foundation segment. You guys have a specific mission, but part of your mission is what conservatives and normal-minded Americans want. If if we lose, if, if the Democrats continue to control the House, the Senate, and the presidency, I don't know if we can withstand two more years. That $43 billion is hitting. That will hit the, uh, the school board unions. That will hit everything that you guys are fighting against, and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So your message, uh, Ashley, your specific message with Freedom Foundation does help turn this tide around. Well, and that's why we're making sure that teachers know whether you're a very political person or not, you may be apolitical. You may not care about politics, but the fact of the matter is the longer you are in the union, you are paying for politics. You are inserting your dollars into political races and political agendas. You may not care about, you may not support, uh, you may just want to keep that money to put food on your own table and gas in your own car. So we're trying to get the message out and it really is resonating with teachers. You can take back this, this money. You can keep your own dollars in your paycheck and you can stop giving Randy Weingarten funny money to go play her personal politics in across the country. And that's why 80,000 teachers have left their unions in just the last two years. And it's only growing because uh, as Aaron was talking about Hilliard, Ohio, that's the school district where we found out about these badges the teachers were wearing with the QR codes. Any kid with a smartphone could access sexually explicit material that is hanging around the teacher's necks. Now, you may be one of those teachers who signed up for that, but if you are an Ohio teacher and you don't agree with that and you would not want to have these sexually explicit conversations with other people's children, your union dues are making this possible. Your union dues are providing these materials. Your union dues 
are in Florida saying, we don't care about the new parental rights and education law. We're going to talk to your kids about stuff you don't care about anyway. Aaron, this is exactly why we're glad to have you on the team, because you have a passion for this fight. It's a big fight, but Ashley's exactly right. Every dollar we take from the unions is a dollar less they have to promote this garbage. Yes, indeed. And so how can uh, people, I'm sure there's a website people can go to to find out more. Yes, absolutely. You can go to optouttoday.com and you just click on your state and find your union. And there is tons of information in there that lets you know where your money's going and how they're spending it. And it's it's a great resource. And while you're at it, if you don't like what you're, you're seeing, you can opt out. Optouttoday.com is where everybody needs to go. Go to thebuffshow.com slash Freedom Foundation. You can see all the great interviews we do on Thursdays. The only one we missed, Ashley, was once due to the hurricane. Well, that's right. And and I'm so happy to see you, Matt. I'm so happy that you're well, um, that you guys are, are capable of just getting back on the ground uh, the next week. Uh, we were really thinking about you. You were in our thoughts and prayers. Oh, thank you so much. It was debris cleanup here. But Aaron, before the hurricane, I actually had a full head of hair. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's good stuff. We'll end on that. But yes, we're all good. Prayers for Southwest Florida. That's where the biggest damage is. Um, our satellite phone store sponsor is down there handing out phones, satellite phones, so people can call their loved ones. It's great. Everybody associated with The Buff Show has really chipped in and helped out, so it's really great to see. And thank you, Ashley, for saying that. It means so much. The boys were annoyed because they had to spend a whole Saturday picking up leaves and sticks and tree branches. <laughs> well, maybe it was good for them to do some yard work. It certainly was. <laughs> Okay, very good. Everybody check out optouttoday.com, freedomfoundation.com. Great articles, great blogs, great events. Thank you both for joining us on the show. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Good luck, Aaron, in your future endeavors here. We're excited about having you. We will be right back on the Matt Buff Show. You stay with us. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. Hope you guys are having a good time, enjoying the show. And we've got our, it's Thursday, so it's our That's Debatable segment on the Matt Buff Show. So let's head over for our contestant today. Bree Maxwell <laughs> is with us, Democratic strategist, former political director for Jamie Harrison for U.S. Senate in South Carolina and Principal and CEO of Indigo Consulting. Bree, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you. I look forward to it. And one of my favorite words is, that's debatable. <laughs> so I look forward to the show. Yeah, that, see, we already agree on something. That's what I named the segment. I, I think that's great. That's debatable. I feel like we need conversations. Mm, Everybody's absolutely. retreating to their corners, but we need conversations. So that's Absolutely. Good. All right. As you know, I'm in Florida, and we've just experienced a hurricane which is it's hurricane season, but this one was pretty devastating to the southwest part of the state. And um, as you saw yesterday, Biden came down and uh, gave DeSantis a lot of credit for the work he's done. Um, FEMA acted quickly. We were very pleased about that. There was no delays. And uh, we're, now we're in the cleanup effort and trying to get people in contact with their loved ones. Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on um, our hurricane response that we've done here in Florida? So I've watched from the beginning, I've watched DeSantis, and he did show some leadership. He did great with making sure 
to, you know, let people know, listen, if you can leave, please leave. But we also know that there are some families who literally can't afford to leave. And I think what DeSantis was encouraging his residents, his constituents to do was to make sure that they can leave. And if you have to stay, stay safe. Figure out a way that you can stay safe. Make sure that you have the supplies that you need to stay safe. And if you can't leave, then yes, we do need you to fill out this paperwork so we'll know that in the event that when we come out looking for residents, that we'll know that you did sign this form and that you were not able to leave. Um, what I also will applaud Florida for doing is making sure that they do get the funding from the federal government to make sure that we could get the relief that is needed for the residents to rebuild Florida. Because I do know that a lot of rain hit Orlando and Central Florida. So I will applaud DeSantis and I will give him credit for that in Florida for the FEMA relief and everything. So they did do a great job. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I do live in Central Florida where we had some flooding issues. We had a lot of debris. It was cleanup day around the Buff household on <laughs> Saturday, cleaning up bags and bags of debris. But our, in uh, Sarasota County and down south, uh, that's where it really took a beating. Um, Kamala Harris said that she that efforts rescue efforts should be based on equity. I haven't found anybody that agrees with that. You don't go to somebody's house and judge them by their skin color if they need help. No, you don't judge them by their skin color. And I believe what she means by equity is how much communities need and how much help certain communities need. Because you may have one community who was barely hit by the hurricane, and you may have another community who was hit really, really hard. And in some, like for South Carolina, I can use for example, in some of our low-lying coastal areas for like Charleston and Myrtle Beach, we're kind of sort of like six feet below sea level. So some of those communities will get hit harder versus the inland communities where I live, like Columbia and Greenville. So it, it's based on geographical location. And I believe that's what she means by equity, not based on race or any of that. Well, I'm glad you clarified that because she didn't do a good job of clarifying that. And the FEMA director even had a problem with uh, <laughs> clarifying that for sure. But um, so there's another thing we agree on. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what background you are. When that when that a hurricane is a serious, serious issue, you can leave everything. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think hurricanes are racist, even though they do reallocate people's goods to other locations. Yes, I don't <laughs> think a hurricane can see skin color. I think the hurricane just comes with its force and in its velocity to do what it what it came to do. Yes, it does, and it's hard to even. People gave DeSantis a tough time too because. All attention was on um, Tampa, and then the sudden shift uh, when it went to Cape Coral, the sudden shift down there to Fort Myers kind of took everybody by surprise, so we had to spring into action on that Tuesday morning. You don't think it's uh, fair to label the Weather Channel or Governor DeSantis as stupid, do you, for not knowing where it was going to hit exactly? <laughs> no, because hurricanes change. Hurricanes change like water runs. Some The one path that a hurricane may start on it could always shift. For, for example, again, the hurricane was supposed to hit Charleston, South Carolina, and we noticed that it shifted and hit more so Georgetown and Myrtle Beach in those areas and went through the PD area of South Carolina. So hurricanes can definitely shift. Yes, they do. So I'm glad there I'm glad you said that because it's just a it's just a fact that sometimes hurricanes shift. You you talked about uh, the hurricane in uh, South Carolina, but also Hurricane Sandy did the same thing in New York and uh, mm -hmm. really took people by surprise. It's just you can't control that. Yep. So there you go. You're in Texas now getting ready for a big event. And uh, so we're glad to see you're on the road. We saw you on C-SPAN back in May talking yeah. about um, gun control um, after the Uvalde massacre. But uh, also another big problem that people are facing when it comes to the polls is the border. So before we talk about your gun control comments, I want to talk about the border because the open border policies of the Biden administration has just been wreaking havoc on our communities. They are directly responsible for fentanyl deaths that have come through the border because the checks and balances simply aren't there. It's just a humanitarian crisis and it's affecting all of us in America in a negative way. So honestly, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about their family um, who came across the border in Texas. And his biggest reason for why they came across the border is the cartels. The cartels have become such a strong force where he's from, where his family's from, and they just did not feel safe. So the, the biggest thing for, for his family and his parents was to get across the border, to get to safety and to get 
to a better life for their family and their children. What I do believe the United States needs to do is we need to figure out a way, once people get across the border, figure out a pathway to citizenship. I know that sounds, and it sounds like, well, that's what they should be doing anyway. But once we get here, we should just open, not necessarily open up our arms to people with love, but we have to figure out how we can turn everyone into citizens because people deserve to live a great life. People deserve to live a life of safety. People deserve to live how they desire for their family to live, whether it's to have a great education that America provides, whether it's to live in safe neighborhoods that America provides. But once people get across the border, we just have to make sure that we get them to one, become citizens, get work visas or whatever have you, instead of ostracizing people. And I know that we do have people that come across the border who may be criminals, who may live a life of crime, but we also have people here who are criminals and who do live, who live a life of crime. And what do we do? We jail them. So if, if that's what we have to do to pe- for two people who come across the border, whether we jail them or send them back, that's what we have to do. But for the people who want to come here and have a great life, we should make sure that we are doing that for them. Well, I completely agree. If you follow the legal process and come across the border and go through the paperwork and the process and all that, no problem. We support legal immigration. I mm-hmm. I personally like uh, immigration to be a little more merit-based. But mm-hmm. if somebody like you said where you you met that family that was trying to escape the cartel and they try to come here, follow the legal process. Why Hispanic voters are moving to the GOP, why a lot of uh, why Trump did so well with black Americans is because People that came here legally don't like an open border policy. They followed the 13-year process sometimes. They followed a process and have a great life here and work hard and have a great family. They don't like people taking shortcuts and claiming asylum when that's not really the case or not even claiming anything at all and just becoming a god away. And that's how the drugs get in, the sex trafficking, the illegal immigrant who raped the five-year-old. I mean, it's just unbelievable, or the 10-year-old, sorry, unbelievable stuff we're seeing with human trafficking. When you have policies that are more friendly to let people come in, you get all the problems with it, too. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I, you know, like I said before, I just think that the 13 year process is just too long. So, say if I'm living in an area with cartels, it's, it's dangerous, it's unsafe. I'm pregnant, and I don't have a safe hospital or a a uh, hospital friendly for pregnant women place to go. So I have this baby, I'm pregnant, I have to give birth, and then I'm giving birth in unsafe conditions. But now I have did the legal process of trying to become a U.S. citizen. It's going to take me 13 years. So I have this child, whether it's a, a boy or a girl who has to live for 13 more years in this unsafe area. I mean, that's not fair to that family. And I just think that the process should not take as long. And if we have to do background checks and vetting on these people um, to get to, to figure out a way to get them across the border faster to become legal citizens, and that's what we should be able to do because Vetting and background checks really don't take that long, but I really don't think the process should be 13 years. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. I do. When you have somebody wanting to do the right thing, they, that should help them along. I think that process should be looked at as um, made easier for people and also making sure like things like adoption don't take 13 years either. <laughs> I think we can help. Yeah. Women in crisis pregnancy get them a family faster. I just, there's a lot of things that can be done faster. Just every time we involve the government in it, it just mm-hmm. takes so long. Mm-hmm. Maybe less government and gives border states control of their border. What do you think of that? So I'm not sure if I'm a less government or more government or bigger government type person. That's just not something that I have, you know, figured out. Um, and then I do agree that it should be 50 50. States should have control of their borders while also the government should. Uh, be able to have some type of control in some type of shape, form, or fashion. I believe it should be a situation where they're working together in cahoots together and not working against each other to figure out the safety for the borders. But I think in order to maximize the efforts, it should be uh, the states and the U.S. government. So it should be 50-50. If, if the both of them are doing the right thing and doing the right job instead of hurting Americans or hurting migrants or doing things that harm people, because of processes that can't be agreed upon, that that should be a table talk. Just like Bree and I are sitting right here, right now, mm-hmm. they should be doing that today because it is a crisis on so many levels. You see levels of crisis. I see levels of crisis. I mean, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You can mm-hmm. point to something as that's not working. 
So um, we do have the election coming up in just about five weeks. It's already almost here. Um, Almost here. (laughs) You were talking and we got a lot. I watched Carrie Lake in Arizona. A lot of Democrat candidates aren't showing up to debates. Mm-hmm. Not sure why, but uh, <laughs> I know they have the media and social on their side, so that helps a lot. Maybe they don't have to debate. But what do you think about debate processes leading up to a general election? You know, I think debates are, is really an antiquated way of getting a message across. Um, I think most of the people who pay attention to debates are people who are in the bubble and people who are kind of sort of undecided because the main thing that you're going to be debating about are the main things that I am one pushing out on social media, that I am one pushing out on digital ads if I have the money to pay for it, one that I'm pushing out on radio ads, billboards, the mailers, etc. So I think it's no different than the ways that we are doing messaging nowadays. And it usually becomes a piss test for people who are actually on the debate stage to see who has the, you know, who pants fit the best. You know, so it's usually just a situation of, yes, I'm the smartest here and I can say the most eloquent word, eloquent words on this stage. So I think the best way to get the message across is not to say who's the, the most macho on the stage, but it's to make sure that you are sending the mailers out to the communities and base a lot of your stuff on polling. Because a lot of times when you're debating, you're not debating about what people really want to hear. You're debating about basically your platforms. And we need to get back to the art of campaigning where we are talking about the things that people need in our communities and not what we want them to have. Yeah, they should be definitely talking about the issues, but I want to hear specific plans. I think debates can be good for sound bites. You can get a good sound bite out there Absolutely. that you can put on an ad. But I want it to be substantive, and I want it mm-hmm. to be more fair with moderation, too. Mm-hmm. We don't I need agree. just PBS, maybe PBS and Sean Hannity. You know what I'm saying? We, need, we should do we, all networks. We need it should just sides. be one network. Correct. It should be all yeah. networks. I agree. Okay, very good. And and one of the issues that you thought would be top of mind to voters, no pun intended to Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre when I say top of mind, by the way, but um, what would be the gun issue, the people wanting to take guns, gun control, that kind of thing. But the economy and inflation and the border that we talked about earlier and the crime in America, that seems across the board, I don't care what race you are, to be really top of mind for this election. You see it in every poll. Correct. So it was, I do, because based on some polling that I have seen from several different um, firms, guns are not in in the top three. Um, And sorry to say, in some instances, abortion is not even in top three. What people are looking for right now is to get back to an economic stronghold. People want to get back to being able to take care of their families, make money, figure out how we can get out of inflation figure out how we can get gas prices down. Guns are still at the top, but it's not like one, two, or three. Um, Guns are still an issue because, you know, quite frankly, in some areas, we do have lax gun laws. I was having a conversation with a student on yesterday, and they wanted to, so they do the morning news at their school, and they wanted to have a discussion on what does teens want to see in America. And one of the conversations was we talked about guns, so I gave them some talking points. Um, Gun laws need to be the fact of the matter is we don't want to take guns from people. People should be able to have guns. But there's a difference between using a gun and firearm the right way and the wrong way. And we just have to make sure that people are using them in the right way instead of, for instance, going in and having school shootings. Yesterday in Columbia, South Carolina, in a neighboring high school, there was a false um alleged school shooting. That some messages went out that someone was gonna come up and shoot out, shoot up the school. So and then people like that need to be prosecuted. We can't put people in danger like that because that messes up our police force, our fire departments. So we just need to make sure that people have the mindset to even carry a gun because some people will let off on the handle and just start shooting for no reason. But as back to the original topic, yes, people right now want to be able to figure out how we can get money back in our pocket, get America back to the glory days of how it, you know, it used to be when people had jobs and, and people had money and people 401ks were were booming and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I think right now guns is a big deal, but it's not at the top of the list. They want to go back to 2018 under President Trump. That's what I don't know. <laughs> well, you, I don't know. What about you that just one. described was 2018. <laughs> 
bonuses in the checks, tax cuts, a booming economy, and people spending money like crazy. That's when I 2018. Say days, I think back to my childhood in the 90s when, when my father had a factory job and, and we didn't have to worry about anything. And my mother, she was a social worker. We lived upper middle class. So I think those are the glory days that I think of. You know, life was great. We had everything. Two, three cars, uh, two-story home. That's what I think about. Their 401ks were booming, etc. Yeah, that was um, Reagan and then Bill Clinton. Say what you want yes, about his character. <laughs> Him, he and Newt Gingrich, Speaker of the House at the time for the Republicans, actually worked together quite well. We do and not see that the art anymore. of bipartisanship, the art of bipartisanship. And that's what we need, period, across the aisle. You know, we don't see that today. Everybody's went to their uh, corners. Um, we just don't see those public meetings like Clinton uh, had with Newt Gingrich. We don't, uh, Tip O'Neill and, and the Democrats and the Republicans together actually getting something done that was beneficial. It didn't go way crazy, you know, climate change stuff and Green New Deal stuff. Right, right, right. It was actually within the infrastructure of the country. And that's why people liked it so much. And you saw, you saw it benefit your family directly. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It did. And we just need to get back to those days. The art of bipartisanship, figure out how we can work together across the aisle. We know that we believe in different things, but we were elected to make sure that we we're taking care of our communities, taking care of our constituents, taking care of the people who put the, our, their faith, their vote in us. So we just have to get back to doing that. We may have one belief, but if it comes down to compromising to make sure that we can get a bill passed, and that's just what we have to do. And that's for both sides of the aisle. Yes, indeed. The bill has to be fair for the American people, not a burden on the American people. That I think I think if you and I had about two hours, we could put present a border plan to the country that they would like. I think just based on what you said, I want the border closed. That's where I start from. And you, you, the processes you talked about, I think we could put a plan that the American people would love. And you are you and I are not politicians. No, we can work on that, but let's not work on it today. <laughs> nope. I said we we can get it together. That's another day. We'll another talk day. more about um, schools and everything. I want to get you back after the election, see okay. what we have, or maybe right before we kind of let's take a look it. at the uh, uh, um, the polling and what's going on in the country. It's a pivotal election for us, and um, it really means a lot that we change course here. Um, we're all hurting at the pump. We're all hurting at the electric bill. Bree Maxwell, how can people get a hold of you? Where can they follow you? Are you still on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at my business Twitter, Indigo Consulting LLC. So it's Indigo Consult, C-O-N, I believe something like that. But you can find me there. And you can find me on Instagram, Bree Maxwell, B-R-E Maxwell. Okay, sounds good. Everybody check her out. Nice, wonderful, peaceful conversation in our de That's Debatable section. And you said that was Thank one of your you. favorite terms, That's Debatable. It is. I use that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's Debatable on the Matt Buff Show. Bree, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That will do it for this evening's edition of the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay smart out there. We'll see you next time. <laughs>